0: you are listening to Good Talk. I'm your host, Brett Sowell. Let's get rolling. Welcome back, everyone, to the Good Talk podcast. I'm your host, Brett. And joining me today is my good buddy, Andrew. And Andrew is... Uh, one of my former youth who's now up here at Camels University and I'll let him share a little bit more about himself uh, aka Dimples is what we call him and so from now on you can call Andrew Anderson Dimples you have my permission. Andrew how you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing great Brett um nope I'm I'm not gonna say that you can't call me Dimples but uh I might not respond to it. Uh, (laughs) Nah, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, my name is Andrew. Uh, I'm a second semester junior at Campbellsville University. Uh, Brett was my youth pastor uh, when I was uh, about a freshman or sophomore. Yeah, sophomore. Sophomore in high school. Um, It was at uh, FBC Russellville. Um, And uh, right now I'm a pastoral ministries area. And... uh, I'm currently a youth pastor at uh, First Baptist Jamestown right now. I've got a lot of middle schoolers and a few high school students there, and they are, uh, they're something. So, I mean, uh, I'm glad to be here. And, uh, yeah, that's that's me right now.
0: Tell us about your beautiful girlfriend that you have as well and how you guys met.
1: Well um her name is kelly may uh and uh she is she is beautiful and we met we actually met at camp um we met at a uh, church camp uh, it's called crossings and uh, uh they're currently hiring and um uh, they need they they need every they need everyone uh who is um qualified and like who loves the lord and loves to teach the gospel and uh who have a passion for that but um Primarily, they have a right now a need for um, for men right now. So, guys, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to spend your summer uh, sharing the gospel with middle school, high school students, even uh, elementary school kids, look Crossings up. Or if you're a Campbellsville goer, find me or uh, Brett. I mean, he's he's at campus. So um, that's the that's the Crossings plug right there. <laughs> So I
0: love how he talked more about crossings than he did Kelly May. So uh, (laughs) Kelly May, I'm sorry. If you're listening to this, he does love you. I promise.
1: That did not mean (laughs) to talk about camp more than my girlfriend. I just, it just came about and it's not like, (laughs) this is so bad now. (sighs) You've really done it. You have really put me in a corner here. I'm just gonna stop talking. We're just gonna continue rolling with, with the with the podcast now. Okay, let's get to the main reason why we're here, please.
0: <laughs> grace abounds, and I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure Kelly May will understand. And grace abounds, but on a serious note, the reason why. I brought Andrew in to the podcast tonight is to discuss a question that was given to us. Uh, Shout out Maggie Rigsby. Uh, She wanted to know, how do we as Christians find joy and continue to worship the Lord even when times are tough? And so uh, we all can think of a time in our life in our life where there was struggle there was uh, disappointment there was uh, maybe burdens on our life maybe we had experienced uh, a death in our family or someone dealing with a disease or a-, a divorce of of parents whatever it may be we've all dealt with some things that we could consider disappointments And it is very easy for us as Christians to worship the Lord and to have joy and to be thankful in the good times when everything is going great in our life. But how in the world do we worship God and continue to have joy when things aren't going so great? And so I'm just going to kind of shift gears I'm going to talk to Andrew let him kind of share his heart first about this topic and uh, of course we want to go to God's word and see what God's word says about this issue because Andrew and I it doesn't matter what we have to say uh, we want to see what the Lord says because that's where we hang our eternity on and so we're going to kind of open that up and so Andrew, I'm gonna let you kind of start this thing off. Um, share a little bit about how you would go about responding to this question.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so really, um, when you think about joy, I mean, you got to you have to ask the question, uh, what is joy? Um, because when you when people think joy, uh, sometimes they think happiness um, and just just this really bright emotion. Uh, however, like, you know, biblically, joy comes from the Lord. And uh, it's not something that um, is so easily taken from us. Um, but uh, yeah, I know everyone, um, everyone has had those moments in their lives, like yeah, there are a variety of life situations where it's probably not easy to, um, to, to, Uh, be joyful to um, exhume joy in their lives Um, especially uh, interacting with people um, particular people you know I mean nobody nobody's uh nobody's perfect and um, sometimes it's just sometimes all it takes is for someone to say one one wrong thing and uh, it sets you off for that day or maybe a bunch of little things in the morning you know I know when I wake up like uh, and I like, uh, I've, I've run out of uh, toothpaste or something. Now I've got to go to the store and that's some, that's a trip I don't, didn't want to make in the first place, but now I have to do that. Or I can't find my keys, can't find my wallet. Um, a bunch of little things like that can set you off and just kind of deter you. But those are little things. Um, and our, and And I know like there are major life events that can occur that can really put a damper on someone's. Uh, joy and in those in those times you it's it's hard to see the the light at the end of the tunnel but you see as uh, as believers um i believe that our joy is isn't rooted in any fleeting emotion it's not just about feeling we have to choose joy um despite our circumstances um and i think uh when as we dive into the scripture i think it paints the perfect picture i think God through His Word has given us uh, a great example, um, not only through Paul, the Apostle Paul, but through His very own Son, Jesus Christ, um, about what it means to to choose joy uh, and to um, over over any circumstance. Uh, for the sake of um, choosing joy, is like remembering God's promises and uh, remembering who it is, who, who God is. Um, and he is, he's a constant. And, uh, if our joy is found in the Lord, um, our joy can also, uh, be constant. Um, so, uh, that's, that's where I, I begin with this question. Um, so yeah. So, we understand what joy is.
0: We know that it's not an emotion. Matter of fact, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit that is uh, given to us at the moment of our salvation by the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's also a a spirit that, uh, or a a gift uh, of joy is a gift that we um, we must activate it in our lives each and every day. And like Andrew was saying, we must choose joy and so where do we go in Scripture to understand, maybe to see examples of someone who had joy despite their circumstances or um, maybe an encouragement about having joy or continuing to worship the Lord even in the midst of struggle and trials and difficulties? Where, where would you go first, Andrew? Where would you encourage someone to go first
1: uh, when you're trying to tackle this question? Um, if we're going, I mean, immediately my mind goes to Second Corinthians, and um, I actually, honest to goodness, I I was kind of confronted with this question indirectly. My grandmother had been struggling. She she'd been struggling. She couldn't find um. She's not really had that um uh, uh, person in her life that could just be there to to for her to release to um. You can say she just um, doesn't have uh, that friend in her life that's uh, constant, and so she's been holding on to a lot of things in her own life, and like it's kind of over time, kind of bogged you down. Um, and I, I, had the privilege and I had the honor to be able to read this and uh, pray this over her. Uh, it's Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verses nine and ten. This is this is what it says, and this is the Apostle Paul. Uh, physically writing, but I want to throw this out here. Know that any piece of scripture, um, God is the author. Um, you have physical authors, but God is the author. So let's look at what God's word has to say. Starting in verse 9, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast mo- most gladly all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. When I am weak, then I am strong. So that last bit, when it says, for I am weak, then I am strong, it's kind of like um, an opposing idea. Especially in today's culture, you think um, you've got to be confident. You have to do, you have to be um, just you have to have these certain characteristics to be considered strong and, and like in the right or uh, whatever. But this is how um, God's word is um, countercultural, um, especially in today's society. Uh, society, I think, because um, uh, as Paul is writing, like in our weakness, uh, God's strength is shown. It's 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 kind of a, an instrument of mercy um, that God uses. God uses. Um, not people who um, are proud he doesn't use um, the people who uh, are gonna be like it's like this in Psalm 51 when uh, David writes how uh, he, God's not um, impressed by burnt offerings he is impressed by a or he is he, he more so uh, enjoys a burnt uh, uh, broken and humbled heart and you see all of us here have, have different struggles um, and go through um, different um, extremities of uh, suffering but the thing that remains constant and something we can choose and always be reminded of if we are, if you are a believer in Christ is that um, Christ is at the throne of God currently as we are talking right now. And just as Paul, he says, I will boast all the more um, about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. He, he suffers for the sake of the gospel um, because Christ told us, he told us, uh, what is it? It's in John 15 uh, verses 18 to 21. He, told, he tells us that um, if we're following him, the world's I mean, going to treat us the same. Uh, it hated him. So it's going to hate us. There, the world is going to hate us. All right. And this world, um, there, it is a, there's a sinful world there. The, this world is not, um, uh, we haven't got to the second coming of Christ. He has not made everything new. Um, although he has placed everything under his authority and like he's already won the final battle, but we still live in a sinful world. Um, so, uh, And I mean, I know like sometimes like new believers and people on the outside, like they look at Christianity and they may think like, if you know Jesus, then your life's just going to get immediately better. And uh, that's not true at all. That's not true in the slightest. Um, To follow Jesus isn't, uh, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do, Um, but it's worth it. Um, and so if you're struggling to find joy, um, in a, in midst of a circumstance, I just point you to the cross, um, point you to um, Jesus because your joy, I pray can be, can always, can always be found in the, um, blessed assurance, the, the blessed assurance of Christ's, um, Eternal promise for us um, that the tomb is empty because it is empty and that he reigns um, at the right side of his father and he is coming back for us one day. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 where uh, my mind goes immediately to scripture, too. So, yeah,
0: so you mentioned John 15, and obviously, that's a chapter where Jesus talks about how he's the true vine. And that those that abide in him and remain connected to the true vine will bear fruit. And so at the end of that conversation, he says that if you remain in that connected to the true vine, that your joy will be complete. And he, he's meaning himself For joy to be complete, it must be found in Jesus alone. And so, when we go through life, things try to rob us of our joy because we put our trust and we put our faith in things that are not eternal. And so, a lot of times we put our faith and trust in people. And so, when we do that, we are setting ourselves up to be disappointed because people disappoint people upset us we hurt each other's feelings we say things we shouldn't say we do things we shouldn't do but jesus says no matter what is going on stay connected to the true vine which is jesus christ himself and that that is where your joy will be complete and so i just wanted to kind of add to that But the next next direction I want to go, well, let me just say where I where I go to in Scripture. Let me just share that real quick. Because Andrew, you shared where you went. Uh, Other than James chapter one, which is a place where a lot of people go, uh, you know, count it all joy, my brothers, uh, when you face trials of many kinds. Uh, A lot of us think of that passage when we think about this question. But I go to Philippians chapter four. When Paul, one of the most most misquoted scripture ever, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ with, oh, who strengthens me. Oh one of the most misquoted uh, passages, you know, all the athletes use that. But let me just, let me give you what Paul is really talking about. I'm going to go there real quick.
1: Any day now?
0: Yeah, I know, right? And so Paul, this is what Paul says. He said, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so Paul is just saying he has been through everything. He has faced hunger, he's faced star- starvation, he's been in prison, he's been beaten. Uh, he's he's been shipwrecked and and what he comes to say is this. I can be content in those times. I can still find joy because I'm still connected to the true vine. I'm still connected to Jesus Christ and I can do all things through Jesus Christ, the true vine who strengthens me. He's saying that he relies on nothing but Jesus Christ. He's content in all situations because he knows that, like Andrew said, Jesus is king of all. He is Lord of all. He is on the throne and that he is ruling and reigning and he's coming back again to get his church. And so we can trust that true vine in jesus christ and that's where our joy will then be complete now where i want to go next is i want to go a little bit personal so we just threw some scripture out at you but obviously we want you to understand that application must take place how do we apply this to our lives but we're not going to ask we're not going to tell you how to apply it. We're going to give you a, 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 a moment in our lives where maybe we've had to put this into practice. And so, Andrew, when is a time where maybe there's been some struggle? Maybe there's been some disappointment. Maybe there's been a trial in your life where it's been hard to have joy. It's been hard to praise God. And what did God teach you and show you through that and in those moments?
1: well yeah there's um a good word and i mean i love that you brought it up philippians 4. uh that was that was so fun yeah that's that was good but um uh, yeah there's been uh times in my life where i have um uh, had to really um uh, at first i um didn't pro- uh rely on the lord probably as much as I should have but eventually the lord um uh, he uh he drew drew me to him, and I, when I'm, a time that most come that comes to mind uh, initially is uh, the time of my time of my parents' divorce. I was a junior, and uh, it seemingly happened out of uh, just nowhere. Uh, it happened out of left field. We, uh, me and my two sisters, my older and my younger sister, we um, hadn't really seen it coming. But when my mother described it, she uh, she said that they, they had been divorced about. Uh, seven years but it's just it's insane because when they when she told me that I mean I I remember the transitioning of how their relationship went and I could just see um, in full the the brokenness uh, that was there and I mean it just it made sense the the way it all uh, came about um uh for me in that time especially uh it wasn't it wasn't easy um, choosing joy. In fact, I probably didn't. I was still relatively young in my faith, so I I probably didn't choose joy um, immediately, you know, because uh, I'm, <laughs> uh, I, was, I was young in my faith, and I mean, I was, I had a lot of distractions. I was in high school. There's a lot going on, um, more than we tend to give credit to or tend to notice, I think, in a high schooler's life, but there's a lot of stuff going on in high school that, uh, people tend to just look over. But anyways, um, what came down to it, whenever that, whenever the divorce happened, I uh, I stayed really quiet. I kind of stayed numb to it cause I was just angry and, um, I didn't really know how to react. Um, and I really didn't want to forgive my father or my mother. Uh, I know, I know now that, I mean, this was, it wasn't their plan to, to divorce. They didn't want to, but I mean um <laughs> at the time I was just I just didn't understand why they didn't try harder, why they didn't do this or that. They could have solved it. They could have fixed it. I didn't and on top of the divorce, my my father was an alcoholic, so I just I really couldn't look to him as a fatherly figure. And uh <laughs> I um I never never really like I At the time, I really didn't want to see him. I was just extremely angry. Um, And uh, if he'd ever tried to reach out, um, I'd kind of like brush it off. Um, But over time, and as I was was mature, and as I let people in on my situation, um, like Brett and uh, other people, other believers that I trust, um, they have poured into me. And God has used people um to, to uh help me in my time of suffering or my time of uh my rough time. And I want to read a little bit of 1 Corinthians, or actually, no, it's 2 Corinthians, my bad. Um and it's in chapter 1. And uh <laughs> There I wanna read, actually I wanna read uh, from verses three to I'll just read until, I think, about 6, verse 6, yeah. And it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patience and endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. Anyways, so I know the, those people in my life had that God had placed in my life, <laughs> um, they were there to, to help me in my suffering. Um, and uh, that, and the, the way that God, Used them. He he opened my eyes to show me that uh, I wasn't. I was kind of putting my forgiveness, my stubbornness. I was putting. I was being so stubborn. I was putting my forgiveness on a higher pedestal um, than his own. Because in reality, we we're all sinners. Uh, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, and God is a just God. So He has every right to to punish us. But him and his mer- and his great mercy has. Shown us grace through his son Jesus Christ he didn't have to do that but he loves us you know Romans 5.8 God proves his own love for us that for while we were still sinners Christ still died for us I mean we we didn't deserve this forgiveness and although <laughs> although in my mind I probably didn't think that that my dad or my mom had deserved my forgiveness I know that I was my forgiveness wasn't something that I should hold back because it was just going to hurt me in the end as well um there was just <laughs> the more i look at the bible the more it just tells me you've got to forgive them so i ended up forgiving them and knowing that my joy isn't found in um the marriage of my parents it is found in the <laughs> the relationship that i have with jesus is the, is found in the rela- relationship with my father my heavenly father so while my biological father may not have been in the picture as much as I had would want him to be or had been someone I could look up to um but my heavenly father had always been there and he's always going to be there and he, he is a constant and um I'm happy to say that but I mean on the on the other side of this um God has also repaired these relationships that were once broken in a sense that my parents are not married with one another but they are happily remarried and they are both pursuing lord um in uh their their lives and um i have a relationship with each of them and um so the lord is um he mends broken things and and it in turn gives him glory and uh, if that doesn't kind of sum up um (laughs) the history of humanity i don't i don't know what to say after that but um but um yeah so yeah
0: I think for me when I was really young I was nine years old when I became a believer and follower of Jesus Christ that same year uh, probably just a few short months later <clears throat> my mom passed away suddenly uh, due to a heart attack and uh, as a nine-year-old You still have that childlike faith. And so I was, I don't want to say I was okay, but I trusted the Lord because I was so young and and I always believed he had a perfect plan and that everything was going to work out. But it was more for me when I got older, when it became tougher, and it became more of a burden to think about my mom. And I think mainly because there was things in my life that I guess I could what I would consider big moments. Big moments where my mom wasn't there. And so the older I got, the tougher it was for me to continue to trust the Lord and His perfect plan in the bigger picture. And so it began to be sort of somewhat a bitterness, maybe not towards God directly, but towards the situation. Um, and, and so I had to, I've dealt with that, and God has just continued to work in me. Um, he has blessed me with multiple spiritual mothers in my life that have been there to help raise me, whether it's you know, for physical needs or emotional needs or spiritual needs. But though my mom passed away when I was young, God amplified the mother role in my life um, with several different women who are, who are very godly women. And, I, and I'm so thankful for each one of them because through them, God revealed to me um, His love. and It is so much bigger than a situation or bigger than a circumstance uh, or bigger than a trial or a struggle that I may be facing. And so, in our lives, things are going to happen. And things that we don't expect to happen are going to happen. And when they do happen... The initial reaction that we get, we, we, we want as humans, is we want to turn away. I think about the Israelites when they had been led out of Egypt and they going through the wilderness and they're hungry. And they're thinking, man, if we would have stayed in Egypt, at least we would have got some food. You know, they began to complain about their circumstance. In the moment, things were not going well. And so, what did they. What was their initial reaction? Their initial reaction is to run away from the place that God was bringing them. They wanted to go back to Egypt, the place where they were being persecuted and they were suffering and they were being whipped and beaten. They were slaves. But they were wanting to go back there because they didn't trust where God was taking them. And so I, f- I believe that that's, that's us, that's human nature to want to stop trusting God and where he's taking us when something like that happens. When something huge happens, when something dire happens, um, things that happen unexpectedly, we want to stop trusting him and we want to start trusting in other things. And so our encouragement for you is when those things happen, and I said when, it's not an if. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, man, I've always had joy. Everything's going well. There's going to be a time <laughs> when things are not going to go like you expect.
1: Yep.
0: And you have to just be prepared to know that you've got two options. Run away from God and what he's doing and where he's trying to take you. Or run to him and cling tighter to him because that's when you need him the most. But only then, then and only then will your joy be complete when you will be uh, grow in your maturity, in your spiritual maturity. Will you be strengthened? Will you be refined in the fire? And so allow that to happen. Allow the pressing. Allow the pruning. Allow the refining of the, of the diamond and allow God to mature you and strengthen you in every situation of life because he's going to use it all for his and I said his good and perfect will and so if his will is good and his will is perfect and he's using what's going on in your life for his good and perfect will then we can trust him and so to kind of to kind of close this podcast out. I just wanna ask Andrew uh, who's your favorite or who's the first person in the Bible you think of when you think of someone who remained joyful in despite of persecution and I'm gonna th- I'm gonna X out Paul. You can't <laughs> say Paul or you can't say Jesus. Okay, because we know those two. <laughs> but Name someone else who comes to your mind when you think of someone who had experienced struggle but remained joyful and remained obedient to the Lord in and through it all.
1: Well, you've marked off Jesus. Um, You've told me I can't say Paul. Um, You just did. No, no, I know I did, but I I didn't mean it. I'm going to say Timothy. Um, Timothy, because Timothy... Uh I'm flipping now, so I can probably find something. But as Paul writes um Timothy his letter, I mean he's Paul's Paul's imprisoned. Paul is like Timothy's spiritual father, like if not I mean not heavenly father, <laughs> but he's like his his um uh, if you if you read um in First Timothy, uh um he he, t- he talks about how Timothy was in he, he was brought up by his his mother and his grandmother in the faith. He wasn't brought up um, by there was no there wasn't a notably uh, male presence to bring him up um, in his spiritual journey. Um, so Paul was this, uh, and so Paul is pretty much uh, at the end of his rope here. And so I mean just. Putting in the imagery of Timothy receiving the letter that Paul wrote in prison, saying that he has fought the good fight, he is he has done all that he can, and he knows that he is about to he's about to be um, executed. He's about to be he's about to die. Um, <laughs> just uh, putting yourself in the shoes of Timothy, Timothy. Um, is young. And in first Timothy, he's Paul writes the letter because Timothy's now being charged. He's young. And when I say young, he's like younger than me. I'm 21 years old. He's younger than me and he is being charged to be a leader of the church. And that's intimidating and that's I know <laughs> um some some people out there like I'm 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 intimidated by the thought that I'm a youth pastor. This is my first job. Timothy is going to be a leader of the church here, so it's just, and there's there's people who are older who probably think they know better, and Paul is writing this, and Paul and Timothy, is not only faced with this obligation to lead the church now, he's also faced with, I'm losing Paul, so, and Timothy, I mean we we have the churches here, and we know that Timothy has done this faithfully so to re- and Paul continues to remind Timothy about why he, he tell he instructs him on how to run the church but he also in second Timothy he says to be strong in the faith he says you therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus um, second Timothy 2 verse 1 I mean in all of these things uh, for uh, for Timothy to um, be reminded of this and uh, to choose to to remember the grace that is in Jesus Christ and the, how that is the foundation um, for what like that is the why uh, we do what we do uh, I think that is the person that comes to mind and I think um, that that is another example that we have to follow uh, looking at God's word
0: yeah I'll have to um give you credit for uh, pulling timothy out of there because at first i was like okay where's he going with this because i don't remember timothy ever writing down anything personal <laughs> uh so so he talked about paul but it was <laughs> through the through the eyes of timothy okay and so it was clever I, I i like what you did there that was uh i would have thought of that myself so kudos to you um uh, but it's so true. Um, the one I think about is actually my favorite person in the Bible Not outside Jesus? of Jesus and Paul. Yeah. Okay. get let me get let me get there, godly. Okay. Uh, is Joseph, um, the son of Jacob. Joseph when I think about somebody that's just he, he was he went through it all. Mm-hmm. It was it was Joseph. Joseph uh, was born, uh, um, son of Jacob. Um, he was um, had eleven other brothers, <laughs> and older brothers at that. Joseph was given a gift by God um, to. Um, he would have dreams, and he could um, he could report what those dreams meant. He, so he would explain these dreams and. Those very things that he explained, it foretold the future, and those things would happen. And so, out of jealousy, because they believed that Joseph was the favorite, which he kind of (laughs) was, they decided to sell him into slavery. And so he's sold into slavery, he heads to Egypt, He's sold to a man named Potiphar, and Potiphar is higher up in Egypt. He's not the pharaoh, but he works just under the pharaoh. He's, he's like a high court official. And so God kind of intervene. You know, Joseph, he's got the easy. He's not having to scrub the floors and do all the things that the other ones are doing, but he gets to work there in uh, in with Potiphar in the courtyards. And so, Joseph, minding his own business, Potiphar's wife, takes a look at Joseph, takes a couple looks at Joseph, tries to sleep with Joseph. Joseph withholds. He uh, says no. She lies to her husband and said that Joseph uh, raped her, tried to sleep with her. And... Potiphar threw him into prison. And Joseph spent a lot of time in prison while he was in Egypt. And then, of course, you know the story. He perceived some more dreams while he was in there. Those came true. The Pharaoh had a dream, and it was haunting him. The Pharaoh asked Joseph to come interpret his dream. He interpreted it, and Joseph carried out a plan uh, to pretty much save not just Egypt, but the whole land around him, including the Israelites, including his brothers in Canaan. And so through that whole situation, Joseph just remained obedient to the Lord. He remained joyful even in the tough times, and he continued to trust the Lord. And so that's my story. Um, As we close... I just want to say thanks to Andrew for coming on the podcast and just sharing his heart and and about this topic because we know that we all struggle with this at times. And so uh, thank you, Andrew, for coming on. And I've enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, I have. (laughs) I don't know if I believe him. Once again, just thank you all so much for tuning in uh, to the Good Talk Podcast. As we leave, I just want to share uh, just a passage with you. And it's the one I kind of brought up at first, but it's James chapter 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. Have a good night.